Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Waffle Press Hangouts. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. Uh, this month, we're talking about the most underrated movies of 2019 to celebrate the 2019 Oscars. Is is that technically referred to as 2020 Oscars I or 2019 it's, I Oscars? I think it's 2020, 2020 Oscars. Okay, that makes no sense to me, no, but no. that's my co-host, Universa. Hey. Are you excited about the Oscars? Uh, we're recording well. this before the Oscars, and this will come out for the public after the Oscars, but it'll be on Patreon during the Oscars. So, are you excited? I don't know. I, I, I have the dread of watching it. I feel like keep watching it or something. Like, uh, it's like the negative part of me is going to say, like, oh, Joker's going to win. Best picture. Or I, you know what? I, I got a good feeling about Jojo Rabbit or Parasite, okay. actually, though. I hope so. I feel like 1917. Oh, 1917. Was, I, I think yeah. it almost has momentum. The problem is... It doesn't have a, a big name actor, yeah. and so it doesn't have that kind of thing. Right. And uh, I we're gonna we're gonna talk about most underrated movies, and I wouldn't even say 1917 is underrated because it's like a big hit. Um, but I I didn't get to watch it before the year ended last year, and it's a, I think it's a great film. Oh yeah, that was I, like the last movie. That was ironic. That was the last movie I watched in 2019. It's a good good one to end on. Yeah. I was really impressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one shot. I know people say it's like just a gimmick. Mm-hmm. Thought it was very like propulsive. And it made it feel like almost like this mythic Lord of the Rings oh, yeah. style journey through yeah. like the landscape of war and hell. And I don't know. I found I found it very moving. I know people thought it was very cold and distant, but I, yeah. I did not feel that at all. Um, I just wanted to shout out that movie because I really liked it. And uh, in terms of like best picture front runners, it could do a lot worse than this year. I think yeah. Joker's like the one where I'm like, really? You, yeah. you, you're really committed to that, huh? I guess okay. we're uh, anti-Joker, I guess. And again, I don't even hate <laughs> I, Joker. I don't even think we're anti. We're just like a meh yeah, I just, I just, I'm like, you could have given that to like a real director and they could have made something out of it. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, I don't think, well, on a, on a bad day, like if you catch me on like a, like a Monday in the afternoon, like after work, I'll be like, oh, I hate Joker. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just um, like, yeah, it didn't work for me. But when I'm uh, at a good mood, I'm just like, it just didn't work for me at all. Like nothing really clicked for me and i'm like i don't get like what the hype what the excitement and the the profoundness of this movie like i don't think it's really like culturally important to give it all this praise you know like i don't think it's really it's saying something but i don't think it's very it's articulating it well it's presenting it well you know it's just such a i don't want to use the word like try hard because i feel like that's really uh Everyone tries hard making a movie. Yeah, everyone tries you, hard. You got it's very mean spirited. <laughs> yeah, because that that certainly wasn't it. It's just a very uh, misguided movie. I felt, mm-hmm. and just the you know just the, I mean obviously the controversy around it that was blown out of proportion. Like you know you don't want to wish that on any movie or whatever, but just the the uh, the the falling around this movie. I mean it, you know it's cool if you like it, but if you present it to be like this uh, holy grail of like films 2019 i'm like maybe see maybe just uh slowly roll a little bit you know yeah i, I mean, mean that's that's not mean to say or anything yeah. you know? not i i i, I guess i because mean, you know art is subjective and, yeah you know, like whatever that's fine uh before we move on the subjects for today's episode by the way are newly released birds of prey which we were very excited about here at this podcast yeah. and the most underrated film so the first half will be birds of prey second half will be most underrated films 2019 um, but Gene, last bit on the Oscar talk then, um, so we don't spend too much time on it. F- who's your front runner? Like, who do you want to walk away with the, the gold? Um, probably 1917, to be honest. Okay. And then I wish Gritty was 
hosting it. Gritty presenting, even Present. though he may or may not have punched a child. Well, no, okay. No, stop, gritty, stop gritty. right there. Stop right there. <laughs> the actor in the Gritty costume punched him. The 13-year-old who was harassing Gritty. Yes, but the headline sounds better. Right. But, so, you I, know, you so, know, you're right, you're right. You're if totally anything, right. the actor should, you know, maybe put on probation or something worked out. But mm-hmm. that kid was harassing Gritty. <laughs> Gritty innocent is what Gritty's innocent, saying. yeah. Um, uh, for me, Parasite. If Parasite yeah. wins, that would be just unbelievable. Um, I've it's It's terrific. We haven't talked enough about it on the show, but it's... It's every bit as good as you've heard. Uh, pretty good, pretty good lineup this year. I, I would be actually very surprised if Joker won. I, I, I just don't see that happening at this point. I feel but, like I have like a bad feeling. I, I don't think the momentum's behind it anymore. Right. I think the momentum dies the further we get away from it. Honestly. Yeah. Todd Phillips just keeps talking in interviews how he hates yeah. everything and everyone. No, well, Todd Phillips is the problem yeah. with Joker. That honest to God, that's the problem with that movie. You the know, director. I think the problem with him, he's just a very negative guy. He's he's just he clearly like, like an. No, no, no. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like he's, he's just, a like, bit of a dunce. To, like, he needs to like, like maybe just have like a like a hit of weed or like something to just chill out. Because he's always just like he runs into like yeah, like an uncle at like Thanksgiving. He's like, oh, I'll tell you what's wrong with the world, and you think he's gonna say something really profound, like you know the uh, you know you know you're saying stuff about you know the country is like founded on racism. You're like then he'll say like, well, the media. <laughs> That's they're the ones saying like, the liberal media. I'm like, oh, okay, you have like nothing to say. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's like that's Todd, Todd Cruz is like your like drunk uncle at Thanksgiving. Like, yeah. just go to the other room. Go yeah, that's that kind of my problem with Joker. It kind of it says a lot, <laughs> and it's like it could totally stick the landing if you change parts of the ending. Yeah, but then it literally just has Joker say like, you can't say anything funny anymore. And I'm like, oh, so he's yeah. just doing this bullshit. Anyways, I feel like Todd. I was gonna say Todd Phillips is totally libertarian, right? I don't know. I, I, I feel like he is. I don't know. I don't want to make judgments on that, but okay. Vince Vaughn like, is a conservative, yeah. so who knows? Uh, but speaking of clowns, <laughs> Birds of Prey, uh, Kathy Young's feature... I, she's not a feature big debut. Studio? Big studio debut. Yeah. Uh, who had written and directed the the feature film Dead Pigs that got a huge Sundance uh, like praise and approval back in like 2018, and they still haven't released it. I've heard it's very good. A bunch of people that saw it have told me that it's totally my type of movie. Would love to see it one day. But anyways, she made Birds of Prey because Margot Robbie saw that and was like, I want that woman to do the Harley Quinn movie and the Birds of Prey movie. Mm-hmm. And so we catch up years after Suicide Squad. The Joker and Harley have broken yeah. up. Um, Gene, initial impressions on Birds of Prey? Oh, I was I was really impressed. I had a really like fun time watching it. Um, like, just, uh, I was thinking, like, I mean... Besides, like, Harley trying to prove herself, like, it's crazy that, like, one of her motivations is just to get, like, an egg sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love the scene with, uh, spoilers. Hey, yo, uh, like, full spoilers, but first, you know what? Hold off on spoilers. Just impressions. Quick impressions, yeah, spoiler-free. Um, yeah, I was, uh, really enthralled with it. Um, it's a very, um, very well-made movie. It has so many, like, fun things, fun elements of it. It gets, um, well, besides one character, I kind of disagreed with how they handled it. I felt like they got every single character from the comics so accurately. Like, it was the most accurate version of, like, Black Canary that I've seen. More so than Arrow. Um, yeah. Huntress. Got, sorry, More so Arrow than Arrow. and yeah. Huntress. Um, yeah, you know, her getting to have her own spin as Harley is great, and then kind of, like, not kind of getting shadowed by, like, a male gaze, too. 
as well. There's a clear difference in the yeah, presentation. Yeah, it's like, yeah, the way she's portrayed in, like, Suicide Squad, not the best. And, yeah, just, I, I just loved a lot of things, and it felt like the Gotham, I feel like this is, I don't know, I don't want to sound hyperbole, like, the best depiction of Gotham I've probably seen in film. Actually, because I love the Nolan ones, but the Nolan ones, it's just Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like Chicago, but with like neo-noir yeah. aspects. It's, it's, it's a, Batman Begins has a little flair to it. Yeah. And then after that, it definitely is just Chicago. Yeah. And it works for those movies. It does, it does. I'm not, not, for the I'm modern, not dissing Nolan, I love Yeah, movies. yeah, of course. For modern live action, this is the best since the Schumacher and, and right. Burton ones. I would say no. Better than Schumacher because it's like well, Schum- Schum- I-, I like the Schumacher designs. The problem is how the movie uses them. Yeah, this one it feels like alive again in yeah. a way that it hasn't since mm-hmm. the nineties. Yeah, it just really feels alive in like you know all the little like stores and like places, alleys that you go. Mm-hmm. Like there's like criminals or like there's like like a restaurant owner that knows everyone and like it feels really lived in. Mm-hmm. So I was uh, I was really happy. It yeah. felt like out of like a Scott Snyder comic book or maybe uh, Frank Miller. It's, like someone, I think there's probably some inspiration there, but I, I was really taken back by just how like of its own it felt. Yeah, you know, like yeah. even like putting aside like inspiration of like the the comic characters and like because I think they have they retain the heart of the characters a lot of the times. Yeah, and not for everyone, and I'm actually okay with that because you know like this is a pro Batman Returns podcast as yeah, well. Yeah, I love Batman, and that that movie is a uh, very not accurate to comics, I but know. it's also like one of my favorite movies ever. Right, but I feel like that like. Um... It's not being obnoxious about it. Like, Tim Burton will, like, kind of say, like, oh, you know, I didn't really read too many comic books. Yeah. But, like, but I mean, just even, even on its own terms, like, I think it does it well. And I think here it does it well, too. Yeah. Because, uh, like, Zaz is, like, uh, occupies a different capacity here than he does in other yeah. iterations. Um, but needless to say, before we go, when we talk about these movies, we're going to talk about full spoilers because that's the only way to talk about some of these. Um, we, we're both big fans. Mm-hmm. It's not like a runaway like slam dunk for me, but God, I had the time of my life watching yeah. it, and I have now seen it twice, and I did not expect that. So, um, spoilers from here on out for the rest of the episode. Birds of Prey uh, would have liked Black Mass to stuck around, but <laughs> what so, a terrific villain! <laughs> yeah, he was great. He blew away. He got blown away. Yeah. Um. This is, I tweeted out like my initial thought when I first saw the movie. Like, there's a kill that just made me like gleeful. Mm-hmm. and the, the the black mask explosion was just like it felt like it was made for me that was extremely satisfying yeah. um, I, and was, uh-huh. I, I just really quick I want to say that I think black mask why he's such a great villain is because everything he does is kind of like you could see he's very he's as insecure as Harley mm-hmm. and everything he's doing is like just a facade like he keeps having to put on a mask even before he puts on the black mask which we'll talk a little bit about later because mm-hmm. that may or may not have been clearly reshot <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think the movie even makes it work it's just like you can kind of tell the difference mm-hmm. um, but like everything he's doing he's just trying to gain like control over people like in some sort of physical sense and yeah. when he can't that's when he'll like go up at someone and mm. so it's like I don't know I, I really liked that villain and right. I really liked uh, Chris Messina as, as his henchman Zaz yeah Zaz yeah. that's a great pairing I love uh, people don't I don't know Batman films because they have so many villains I like you know for every like bad pairing you have like two-face and riddler mm-hmm. like there's sometimes i really like it um for these last couple well, movies recently like scarecrow and like rachel go like his villains really mesh well mm-hmm. together i'll say that yeah um bane and talia bane and talia oh well 
I don't, I don't, I'm not even like a hater of that. I just don't think Talia works. At yeah. All. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, um, yeah, like I think Black Mask, cause I'm a big Batman fan, obviously. He's such an underrated villain and underused villain in, uh, in media where, you know, he's such an interesting villain cause he's kind of like, he's kind of like Hush, but not really where he's, uh, an inverse on Bruce Wayne where he comes from a rich upbringing, but he's just selfish and, mm-hmm. um. Uh, you know, he's just this, uh, like this, like black hole of like consumption and yeah, just the aesthetic of this character is like great. And like just the way he's been used in comics. Cause it's like, he's not insane really. Yeah. No, he, he's, he's just an awful person. Like, yeah. he's just like, you know, he's just, he doesn't really care about like Batman. He <laughs> just like wants to control Gotham and like rule all the mobs and everything. Mm-hmm. Like he just wants to control him. Like, you know, he's such a practical villain in a sense and just like his uh, capacity to like do like all these evil things like oh man that guy's a son of a bitch you know yeah he, he reminds me of uh purple man from jessica jones yeah like yeah. it's very I mean, he doesn't have powers but that that sense of like needing to control other mm-hmm. people's like autonomy right i thought uh was something i didn't expect this movie to have i was like oh yeah ewan mcgregor's great he's gonna be a lot of fun yeah, but there's like a genuine like pathos to that villain, right? Um, and I, I was surprised yeah. that like that, no Black Mask seemed to like the perfect Nolan villain. Yeah, and he never then never, he never showed him. up. Yeah, and, like yeah. they just had Bane. Yeah, Bane. I mean, hey, the Bane stuff in Dark Knight Rises, I think, is actually very good. But yeah, that's that's another conversation for another time. Check out the retrospective. Um, but of course, this is this is the movie uh, for Birds of Prey and Harley Quinn. Five leading ladies. Uh, terrific actresses all around rosie perez as as the yeah. question is like a genius uh, bit no, of casting she's, she's still uh renee montoya, montoya. okay yeah, but the, her, her superhero identity is the question. question renee yeah. montoya because she doesn't really become like well she's a vigilante but she yeah, she's just a vigilante yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm cool with it she never Whatever. takes like the question no maybe but, we could see that i mean maybe but like the movie is not even like confronting that you know yeah and so, it's like, cool, cool that, that like it's accurate and we're in the comics she's like one of the first like openly gay characters mm-hmm. so it's cool that you know it wasn't like, um, you know, it wasn't something like, uh, like you know, Solo with like Lando's found sexual, but it doesn't really play a factor yeah. in any of the movie. This it was like present in Birds of Prey, or like sexuality. I'm like, you know, I'm glad that they, uh, you know, included that. Did they? I, did I miss that? Uh, Ali Wong's her girlfriend. She mentions it a few times. Oh, really? I, I completely yeah. missed that. I just knew that they were like close. I didn't know. Yeah. Like... Oh Red damn! Red. Okay. Because Harley says in the narration, like that was her ex. Oh, yeah. I misunderstood that yeah. as the as the captain's ex. N- no. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, okay, that's cool. Um, I like that, and Ali Wong is great, and I wish she had bigger roles and stuff. But it's, it's cool to hear here. Uh, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn, of course, gets like the big spotlight in this. What did you think about that? Because there is just I want to touch on this. There's some uh, for the diehard comics fans. Not that this is even like an important qualm but i think it's one worth bringing up that uh some people were a little hesitant because it's a harley quinn movie with the birds of prey yeah. rather than birds of prey uh what, what is your takeaway on that well, as I the mean, number one batman fan the thing it says like harley quinn it says it's birds of prey and the fabulous emancipation of harley quinn so it's like uh you know it's like a team-up book mm-hmm. if you will i felt that was certainly fine and like it, it's not like they're not featuring the Birds of Prey. They're pretty prominent. It's like, this is like the origin of the Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a spinoff, you know, mm-hmm. of Harley Quinn. I felt that was fine because they do that a lot in comics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it showed them in their origins and it showed them in costumes at the end, you know. I thought it was fine. 
Wish we got to see like Oracle or someone. Yeah, <laughs> would have been nice. But no, I think it was. I think it worked. I think that you know it was like a cool like team up book or something. Yeah. Um. I it worked me better the second time. The first time I, I really liked the movie a lot. I liked it more the second time, and I I still partly wish like if there's another Birds of Prey movie, which tragically does not look so hot right now. We'll yeah. see. Hopefully it has legs because word of mouth is really good for this. Yeah. Um. But I would like it without Harley. When, uh, just because I like I like the characters just like enough when they're hanging out with each other too, you know. Yeah. Like it takes a minute for the movie to get going for me. I think that's like a genuine kind of issue the movie has, mm. and it's intentional. But I think something about the way it's turned together as Harley's like telling the story, mm-hmm. I, I still think it's a little too touch and go yeah. in terms of pacing. Which again, it is intentional, so maybe someone else feels different. Mm-hmm. But um, as the the flashbacks are structured. Ever, like learning new information about like uh, what's going on in Gotham uh, and how people are reacting to Harley Quinn no longer being with the Joker, the the bounties going around. Uh, there's a lot of like talk about it being like a kind of Reservoir Dogsy structure, yeah, which I can kind of like see Tarantino happening. Movie. Yeah, it's a little Tarantino-y. Um, some people reference Deadpool when it was when this was first like getting the, the press screenings, and I was yeah. like, oh no. I mean. This is better than like both Deadpool. Like, it's fragmented, for sure. For me. Like, Deadpool, yeah. But, like, I don't know, very abstractly, it's, like, Deadpool, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, this, I think this is a stronger dead, like movie than either Deadpool There's movie. But I like, like Deadpool, too. I, I like both Deadpools. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I think this is a much better right. movie than both of them. What about Once Upon a Deadpool? I'm not watching that. <laughs> not watching that? I, I, I get it, you know? Okay. I've, I've seen uh, uh, Princess Bride. It's a great <laughs> film. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, great I've seen, film. I've seen Taxi Driver. I don't need to see Joker. Mm, <laughs> Taxi Driver can't count with you. You're well, good I was after just, that. I was so like, oh man, I was really disappointed though. Um, I mean, you know, hopefully word of mouth, but like the box office, like, I don't know, Harley Quinn is such a good selling point. Like, I don't know why it's uh, not attracting people. If it had Joker dancing down a flight of stairs to a terrible rock song, mm, maybe. maybe like more people would have, oh, it's amazing. No, I, I just think <laughs> this movie is clearly not going for prestige. And Joker's yeah. like, look at this is a serious movie. Serious. Look at how he's dancing. And this movie is about a bunch of women who are like really fucked up dealing with like serious shit. Mm-hmm. But it's also like a fun romp of like, it's just a fun romp yeah. of a movie, you know? Like it's vile, it's kind of sleazy. People are spitting blood through their teeth. Mm-hmm. At times, you know, there's horrific violence. It's treated like yeah. uncannily, and yeah, there's it, a lot of humor to it. It's it's a really it's, funny movie. Yeah. yeah, was it like Huntress? Like the like keep getting her name wrong. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about a little bit of the characters then. Uh, who stands out from the Birds of Prey for you the most? Um, MVP. I think probably Huntress. Okay. Yeah, like uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, yeah, great great actress who hasn't really had a chance to shine in, in a lot of projects everyone knows she's great yeah but she doesn't have like a big role yet and i think this one could be it yeah i hope so you know? um, i really liked her her whole thing is that she was trained like in a, as an assassin mm-hmm. from like childhood to get revenge and it's like oh there's a cool badass backstory but then you like you meet her as an adult and it's like oh she's like she doesn't know how to talk to people yeah and it's it's never like the characters don't have a moment where they explain that to the audience it's mm-hmm. just as is and i was just like oh my god it's like a real movie this is awesome (laughs) it's letting its story speak for itself it's so great uh my favorite is actually as much as i love rosie perez um uh black canary yeah Uh, journey smollett bell is black canary i really fell in love with that character Mm -hmm. i've always liked black canary 
Mm-hmm. Arrow, the series, even though I have a soft spot for it, has never really found its niche with no, that. Oh, because there's like, what, like four different black canaries? There are four, technically, yeah. yeah in total. like white canary. Black no, canary there's, actually, there's five. There's five? Can, uh, one of Why? them is a villain at some point. It's a long Why? story. Why? There's so many black canaries. Uh, well, like, and then they're well, all like. Because like, Sarah Lance, who went over to Legends of Tomorrow, which is a great <laughs> yeah. series. Uh, is the white canary now? Is she supposed to be like the the Dina Drake canary? She's like the original Dina canary. Drake is the Dina Drake, the, excuse me, Dina Dina. Yeah, I've heard it said both ways. Yeah, um, she is the current black canary. Okay. I haven't finished the last season. That's I'm sorry, it's I like good. Arrow enough. That it's kind of ridiculous. Oh no, no, it's totally ridiculous. It's, yeah, it really. Uh, it's at its best when it leans into the ridiculous. Yeah, but like uh, but, they really mishandled that character. Oh, you know, I agree with that too. Yeah. Um, and the one they get right, they ship off to another show. So like. Yeah. It is a little funny, um, but yeah, no. Here she's terrific. It's like there's a, a really great like emotional core to the character, where she's like surrounded in a world where it's harder to do good, mm-hmm. and how that's like destroying her, like as a as a human mm-hmm. being, you know? Yeah, that was um, really terrific stuff. Mm-hmm. And just like the the actress Journey Smollett Bell, her charisma is just, like yeah insane. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. oh my god, she 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 could headline a Black Canary movie easy. Yeah, okay. put her in like Justice League. Fuck yeah, man. Um, yeah, they got a lot of uh, aspects of that character so right with uh, like the motorcycle and all the classic cars, and you can finally see the canary cry. Oh yeah, yeah, the, the canary cry was That's cool. Great. Yeah, I saw it with a uh, my friend who's a huge Black Canary fan. So like, they left on like Cloud Nine. Yeah. she's the shit in this mm-hmm. movie. Uh, I, I just wanted more of the characters, like, just hanging out. Like, yeah. I, I'm glad the movie does not overstay its welcome. Mm-hmm. Not that it was ever, like, in, in, in like, dire need of not doing that. I'm yeah. just saying, like, it, it it has, like, the perfect runtime. It is not trying to be, like, some epic saga. It's clearly, like, just, like, these characters meeting for the first time and going on, like, some weird, like, story of almost, like, a uh, one of self-discovery, learning who they are like together and apart mm-hmm. which is why i think my problem with the ending is that cassandra kane's character yeah who, I, I don't care that she's different from the comics i know i've seen some criticism about that already i could not care less mm-hmm. my thing is that harley's journey is one of like discovering her own self-identity like apart from the joker and like uh, separating from codependency but then she just picks up a kid and does the same thing yeah. So I don't, I'm, I don't feel like that's the right ending for that character mm. here. Maybe someone else could like convince me otherwise. Mm-hmm. I'm open to, to to more conversations about it. I just don't feel it. What did yeah. you think? I, I just kind of didn't like how they handled Cassandra Kane because it's just kind of like Harley's like apprentice. Mm-hmm. I don't know because I felt like there's, I don't know, it doesn't she doesn't need to be like totally comic accurate, but she just kind of became like. I don't know, like, what's the thing? Shattered Fist in Deadpool 2? Shatterstar? Shatterstar? Like, no, the the kid character in Deadpool 2. Oh, I don't remember the character. Oh, uh, yeah, but, yeah. No kinda, one remembers Deadpool 2. Right. Kind of became like that, which is just like, you know, just this, uh, like, vehicle for Harley almost. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I just, I don't mind, like, not being Cal McAckert. I just felt like she was kind of mishandled. Yeah, I, I think... Again, I'll just say, I think the ending is what really, it doesn't even like botch it. I just like, it doesn't culminate in anything. And it's not anticlimactic for a purpose other than like, they're going to go off and have more adventures together. But that doesn't like, like that's not the story they were telling throughout this. So I feel 
odd about it. And right. the, the other characters are so, I found their resolution so satisfying and like emotionally fulfilling that watching them to kind of like shoot the shit the morning after this crazy night together was like, really just, I, I, I felt elated. I was like, wow, this is terrific stuff. Like this might be like, uh, like, I might put this above Wonder Woman, honestly. Like I was enjoying it that much. And then the ending kind of doesn't deflate me. I just don't think it capitalized yeah. on that. Yeah, I would agree. I guess. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of didn't stick the landing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, you know, here, it's like they, they got the landing, they do the flip, they're on their feet, and they kind of like stumble a little bit. And yeah. it's like, okay, you still, you landed. I saw you land, <laughs> so we're cool. Mm-hmm. And that was a terrific uh, experience, but you, you stumbled at the end there. Mm-hmm. And so... I guess this is a, I, I don't like doing this, but like, this is kind of a situation where it's like, okay, the next time we see Harley Quinn now, I need to know that, I need to know how they're going to handle that relationship then. Because she is in Suicide Squad 2, James Gunn's Suicide Squad 2 for next year, 2021. So, the relationship with Cassandra Cain, to me, because it's still like a codependency thing, mm. is like, that's a negative ending for me. Yeah. If the movie knows or understands that it is negative, and it's going to have a bad effect on the kid, then I'm cool with it. Because at least it understands that, you know? Yeah. If it's like, oh, isn't that a great, like, if isn't this a happy ending? Then I'm going to be concerned. Right, yeah. yeah. But we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I, I really have the time of my life watching it yeah. regardless. Uh, other highlights. Uh, cinematographer Matthew Libatique, who recently shot both Venom and A Star is Born in the same year. <laughs> yeah. What a career. Yeah, what beautiful looking movies yeah. yeah the hit film venom which won best cinematography at the 2018 oscars mm-hmm. right yeah that's that's yeah. definitely true to the real world circumstances mm-hmm. uh, uh he's also shot a bunch of darren aronofsky stuff which are, i'm a big fan of his and i think the movie looks great uh good good use of like color it's a very like colorful film very poppy uh some people brought this up that are much smarter than me. It, they said it reminded them of like a classier Tank Girl. Yeah. I like yeah. I like Tank Girl. I don't know. I know people are that was not beloved when it came out. Yeah. I don't know how people feel about it. It was now. ahead of its time. Was it <laughs> clearly because Margot Robbie's also producing a Tank Girl remake. There you go. So maybe she just likes like this chaotic energy, mm-hmm. you know? Maybe that's a thing. Um other highlights of Birds of Prey, but before we wrap up this the section. Egg sandwich scene. Egg sandwich. Oh yeah, here talk. It's like the best food porn scene <laughs> in all the film I've seen. Never wanted an egg sandwich more after seeing Birds of Prey. <laughs> Do you want me to cook you one right now? I would like actually like them. I, I, I like I like uh, egg sandwiches yeah. right now. Oh, we'll take we'll do a break and then I'll. Just <laughs> yeah. the, um, but really quick, the uh, I I remember seeing that like on Twitter, like in a little uh, like here's a quick trailer, right? And I was like, oh, it's like a tie-in for food. And I was like, it's like Burger King. Like, yeah, and I, I presume that. I was like, oh, that's all that. That's the only reason that's there. And then the trailer never says anything about that. So I was like, okay, that's weird. And then I saw it in the movie and I was like, oh, no, that they just, that's hilarious. She just yeah. really likes egg sandwiches. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think that's what Birds of Prey succeeeds so successfully, or succeeds so successfully. What the fuck? Um, that's what it's so successful at. It's bringing out like this very like tangible humanity to these very like, heightened ridiculous characters yeah with like very real struggles like uh renee montoya is like a hard alcoholic in this um uh, black canary is just like really fucked up and trying to not have to do the right thing even like Mm -hmm. um 
Huntress is learning to like be a human being again. Yeah. And uh, obviously Harley Quinn is trying to, to learn how to live by herself. But yeah. it also has time for these people to shoot the shit and like just crave an egg sandwich for two, like an hour and a half. Because the movie's only like an hour and 40 minutes long. Something like that, yeah. That was great. Great runtime. More movies should have a, a slower runtime. Yeah. I promise you, not all movies need to be three hours long. Some I'm happy about, but others not so much. Uh, Birds of Prey, recommend it. Strong pro Birds of Prey podcast episode, I would say. Yeah, same. We're going to take a break. Gene's going to make some egg sandwiches, and we'll be right back. What a way to start my new life. The perfect egg sandwich. Not too much, Sal. I want to taste that cheese. It's time for Gotham to meet the new Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn in Birds of Prey. Rated R. And we're back. Uh, some quick tweets from people's reactions to Birds of Prey at Jacob Knight underscore JK. Uh, Birds of Prey needed more Huntress and Black Canary. And I think I actually agree that it probably could have used a little more Huntress. Yeah. She kind of gets the least amount of time out of the five leads. Mm -hmm. um, and Black Canary, I just want more of her because she's the standout for me. Yeah. And uh, at Mitch Gosser, the kind of film I hoped would come out post-Deadpool but didn't think actually would. They did cast Dirty, though. Uh, Mitch, I know, is a big comic book fan, yeah. so I com I understand the, the sentiment for sure. I'm not going to yeah, quibble, I say, but I, yeah. I understand. Yeah. Mitch has good comic takes. Mitch has good comic takes, yes. Follow, comic book takes. Follow, follow Mitch. Follow um, Mitch. He's a nice guy. Yeah, M M Mitch, is, Mitch is a good boy. He's a good lad. Uh, also good are some underrated films of 2019, Gene. We, we got a lot of them oh, yeah, because... Yeah. Even though this is not like the worst lineup of Oscar history, mm. there are some where you're like, really, you didn't, you didn't nominate Uncut Gems or Adam Sandler's performance? Yeah. You sure? Uh, and that one I feel like is kind of underrated, just like outside of film group uh, circles. Uncut Gems? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and film well, circles, I mean, we all understand that it's right. the shit, but like. Well, you know, it made a, it made a lot of money, right? It, it, it's, it's the most profitable in 24. Uh, almost, I think. Okay. It either is about to be or it's it almost, almost, or it is already. Um, but I'm going to read some some responses to our, our Twitter post for the most underrated movies of 2019. Uh, at MD Adya, friend of the show, said uh, Dark Waters and Beanpole. I do not know Beanpole, but Dark Waters, I believe, was the Todd Haynes film. Okay. Right? No? I think so. Oh, no, with Mark Ruffalo? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very, very depressing and sad and serious. Yeah, it's a follow-up to, I believe, Wonderstruck and yeah. um, Carol. Which are both great. very good movies. Carol's the shit. It's one of the best movies of the decade. Um, I have not seen Beanpole though, so I, I apologize for that. Uh, at our Instagram, uh, the Lighthouse, which we are big fans of here on the show as well, nominated for best cinematography, which I actually didn't know, and that's like fucking know. crazy. Yeah, I know it's it deserves it. Yeah, but like I was just like, oh, you, you got that weird, but you didn't get uncut gems. <laughs> Can't just take Joaquin Phoenix out? <laughs> Sorry. He's one of the best living no actors. No Oscars for the Sandman. He's one of the best living actors, but like that is... Yeah. Uh, robbed. Is he was robbed, Adam Sandler. Yeah, he, he really was. Sandman. He really was robbed. Um, now he's going to do shitty Netflix movies like that. We deserve it. We deserve it. <laughs> it's our fault. Yeah. Um, but Gene and I were talking when we were setting up the show uh, for the most underrated films. We were trying to look for stuff that was less film circle underrated, more just like... In real world underrated like mm -hmm. if i brought up ad astra most people on the planet are not gonna know what yeah. the fuck i'm talking about right. so i think ad astra is one of the most underrated films of 2019 uh, terrific brad pitt performance very empathetic film that's intentionally cold and distant mm -hmm. because it's about showing why being cold and distant and like 
logically quote-unquote calculated is like damaging to humanity yeah you know and like how embracing each other is the most powerful beautiful thing you can do yeah and especially in dark times and yeah what what's the most underrated film of 2019 for you, Gene? Well, I recently rewatched it, uh, Doctor Sleep, and I don't know uh, why no one saw it because everyone saw every single other Stephen King movie this year, <laughs> like It Chapter Two, which wasn't that great. Or It Chapter Two is an awful film, but to be fair, yeah, it made yeah, like, like three hundred million dollars less than oh, the okay. first film. It, it did. It was a disappointment financially. And then uh, was it Castle Rock? I don't know if that's good. Like oh, people I like that. Yeah, people seem to like it. Uh, what was the other Stephen King? Like, uh, the tall was, grass? It was in the tall grass, which is not great. Yeah. Um, the other one. Oh, what was it? There was another one. What was it? Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah, like, everyone was like, okay, that Shining sequel, I'll skip that. I'll watch, like, It again. It Chapter 2 again when they cancel It. <laughs> That's a great... I'm going to just watch that again or watch Castle Rock. No one saw Dr. Sleep, and I didn't get it. I'm like, I don't get it either. This movie's great. I love it. Um... You know, uh, it's a very, like, it's such a weird movie where it's, like, this love child of, like, Stephen King and Santa Cooper. Two <laughs> people, like, who I think hate each other or, like, don't like each other. I think they just disagree with the just thesis disagree. of it. And I guess, yeah. you want to talk a little bit about why? Yeah, was, well, I mean, like, okay, Stanley Kubrick made amazing films and Stephen King directed uh, Maxim Overdrive. No, so. that's not why. <laughs> so, no. like... I wonder who's right. <laughs> no, no. I think in, in their own way, they're both right. They just okay. can't concede it. So yeah. Stephen King wrote The Shining when he was like coming out of like his like hard like abuse days, like yeah. with alcohol and drugs. And so he is Jack Torrance. He's mm-hmm. the character overcoming his own demons in the book. Without the ghosts. Yeah. Without the ghosts. Either way, yeah. it, it's it's a story about himself, and so mm-hmm. he wants to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And what Stanley Kubrick's saying, like, okay, that's fine, but like in this version. Jack Torrance, there is no light at the end of the tunnel. He doesn't even know he's in the tunnel. That's just yeah. who he is. Yeah. And the ghosts make him much worse. You know, like some people are assholes before they become alcoholics. Yeah. And it's like it's a sad story. Mm-hmm. And he found the terror in the tragedy too. Yeah. And Stephen King can't couldn't like Ransom. reconcile. It's kind of like Jack Nicholson's joke. Kind of. He's yeah. like a bad person that just comes worse. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah. And like you can you can argue and debate all the live long day, whichever is more interesting, both exist now. Yeah. And some fucking how genius horror genre filmmaker Mike Flanagan found a way to marry the two. Because mm-hmm. he has the original ending from the book. Mm-hmm. Pretty much verbatim. That was cool. I like the book enough, but I don't know. I just kind of lean more towards Kubrick. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I prefer the, the the film as well, but like um, yeah, and it was it was good that you know I was glad that they kind of casted recasted jack and wendy and stuff like doing a weird CG. cgi face thing yeah I, like, I'm, I'm good for them good for I, Mike i'm Flanagan. cool with that too because it worked unless like they were gonna get jack nicholson yeah like what do you back mean? like come out of retirement like yeah. just play jack again <laughs> uh for me I, I thought it was cool too because it's like they're dressed up like the ones we remember from the film yeah but they look different enough yeah. and it's like oh so it's like it's kind of if you want to get all meta with it it's like that's Danny's interpretation yeah. of his memories, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it does lose me a little bit at the end, where it's like, oh, now it's, it now it is just that bit of the shining. Yeah. Um, did, but then did, it brings back home again, so I'm right. cool. Did we ever talk about uh, was it um, in what did we talk about Doctor Sleep and then how we all like, oh yeah, Rose the Hat like, just like eat my soul. <laughs> yeah, Rose the Hat is the hottest, the hottest villain like in hottest. movie history. <laughs> like, uh, not not to get all like just broy, but like. <laughs> It's a very attractive actress. Yeah. 
Yeah, and nice. it's a very attractive character. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm down to be I have, like, a weird crush on her set. No, it's not weird at all. I, I murder me. Anyways. Oh, and then she, like, kills beloved child, 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 uh... Oh, Jacob fuck, yeah. That was traumatic. That's, like, really horrible. They kill American Sweetheart, Jacob Tremblay. Yeah. Who would do that to Jacob Star Tremblay? of the hit film, The Predator. Yeah. And... Um, oh, yeah, but that scene is, like, genuinely, like, unsettling. That's, like, yeah. that's hard to watch. Mm-hmm. And I did not know that going in, so I was like, oh, fuck, like, we're going here. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, it's also, like, weird. Like, it's a really weird movie. Mm-hmm. Like, there's an astral plane sequence where yeah. I was just like, oh, fuck, like, because I, I did not read Doctor Sleep. I didn't either. So I was I just like, oh, we're, buckle up, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I love Doctor Sleep. Uh, what else? What else we got, Gene? What else is... Uh, uh, three from Hell. I did not get a chance to watch it before right. this recording. What do you like about Three from Hell? Well, I don't know. It had a lot more uh, substance, I guess, than usual. Excuse me, not the usual. The last Rob Zombie movie, like 13, what was that called? Uh, 31. 31, yeah. Uh, it wasn't that great. There wasn't much story. But yeah, like the, what are they called? The family again? The Fireflies. The Fireflies, yeah. Like, it's interesting what they did with them. And then it has a last good performance, I guess, of Sid Hag. Oh, yeah, Sid, Sid Hag. Yeah, and it was, uh, you know, it was a lot more than I expected from uh, the last couple zombie movies, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, a very, I think, very underrated filmmaker, because even if you don't like his films, I think he still has, like, yeah, he has a, style. a stamp, yeah. and that's cool, you know? You should have got Rob Zombie for Doctor Strange. <laughs> oh, were we going to talk about that? So I glad mean, Sam Raimi's direct- directing it. Uh, I, I guess so, yeah, we're not really a news place, yeah. but, like, I think it's kind of big for right. us because we're, we're such big Raimi fans yeah. and obviously Spider-Man fans and like yeah. he's doing the other big Ditko yeah he, I guess he really likes the Ditko characters yeah as long as he doesn't get into like the really libertarian Ditko characters <laughs> we're fine like Mr. A objectivist he loves Anne Rand like, I, I'm really excited because if this pans out like he will be coming on to a project that's shooting in three months yeah and so he'll basically have like minimal story input, mm-hmm. but I imagine because Kevin Feige and him worked together on the Raimi trilogy. Too. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Feige was like, they're they're like they worked fine together. Yeah. He, they, they didn't have they didn't butt heads in Spider Man Three. Yeah, but, him and Danny Elfman though. Oh yeah, yeah. But like, um, <laughs> married to that tent music, <laughs> took it to a shotgun <laughs> ceremony. Uh, but my I think that. If this works out like a best case scenario, Sam Raimi can get like really weird, like just like with the camera alone. Right. You know? Yeah. He's one of those filmmakers that makes you excited about movies. Right. Like the just Doctor the way he shoots them. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, the Doctor Octopus scene in Spider Man Two. When he's on the surgery, the you know all the mm-hmm. doctors and they're doing the Evil Dead angles, great. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And I was gonna say, um, yeah, no, it's uh, great because yeah, I mean, and you know, uh, who knows? Maybe we'll never see a Sam Raimi film, but again, after this, because. <laughs> Like, yeah, I mean, he's just really, I mean, you know, he's producer and all that, but it's just, it's good to see another movie from him. Like, yeah, it's been too long. I don't want him to go out in Oz the Great and the Powerful. People have gone out in worse films. Yeah. Yeah. Did you like Oz the Great and the Powerful? I think it's okay until they do the thing with the witches at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of imaginative, imaginative, like, uh, fantasy stuff in it. Yeah. But it's not like, I mean. He did Drag Me to Hell before that, and Drag right, Me to Hell is no. fucking terrific. It's the best, like, high school movie <laughs> movie we saw in high school. Honestly, maybe. Yeah, so uh, after school, walked to the AMC. Not a <laughs> yeah, that was... That right, was when a... it was, like, a shithole. 
That was a fuck ton of fun. Remember, like, it used to be, like, I'm sorry, going off tangent. Remember, like, it was, it was, like, such a shitty movie theater. Yeah, no. see my belt. I had, like, gum in every single seat. Yeah. You can, like, like, sit comfortably. It was just, like, it was, like, should have been, like, quarantined, and then they, like, renovated it. And now it's totally nice. Go to the AMC Montebello. Uh, someone else on Twitter said, for the most underrated films, uh, who is this well-liked by all, especially Weibo? Can't imagine who that is. The Dead Don't Die. Um, uh, no, Matt. <laughs> I really disagree with that. I'm sorry. I did not like that movie. At, Tom Waits couldn't save it. At Movie KL said Greener Grass, which I have not I seen. Um, for me, another another one, and this is one I know that really went under the radar because, well, it's not in English. Uh, Long Day's Journey in Tonight. It's originally from 2018. It even played at the Cannes Film Festival, but uh, it's a film by Bygan. And uh, I'll just read the synopsis because it, it'll make it easier for me. Yes. The film chronicles the return of Luo Hongu. To, to Kylie, the hometown from which he fled many years before back for his father's funeral, Luo recalls the death of an old friend, Wildcat, and searches for lost love, Wan Qin, who continues to haunt him. Uh, Wan Qin is played by Tang Wei from Black Cat, so Michael Mann fans, you're, you're in for a treat. And there's like, I forget, it's like half an hour to like an hour single long shot that closes out the film. Yeah. And it's, it's very stylistically interesting. Um, it was a huge hit in China, <laughs> and then over here where people are like, what? Yeah, you know? strange. Yeah, very strange. Um, very atmospheric film, very moving, and uh, just technically, like we are talking about 1917 earlier, just very impressive. Yeah, um, no, I, I big, agree. Big, big fan of it. I agree. Uh, let's see, uh, other stuff, we can kind of start wrapping up now. Just yeah. We can kind of like shotgun blast a couple names out there. Yeah. Uh, what, what else boy. you got? Honey Boy, Honey Boy is fucking terrific. Yeah, that's a, that's a, it's a good movie. It's, it's a tough watch. Yeah, very, very moving. Uh, Alma Harrell's uh, not feature debut, or I guess the no. fiction debut. Yeah, fiction debut. Excuse me. She was, she was started as a documentary filmmaker, and um, I think it was uh, uh, not Noah Jupe who plays the the, the older Shia. Uh, it was. Oh, yeah, the Lucas, Hedges. Lucas Hedges. Lucas Hedges said that she is the most like um, empathetic filmmaker he's ever worked with. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm really excited to see whatever she does next. Uh, what a breakthrough film! Yeah, for everyone involved. I'm so mad that it didn't get nominated. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Uh, Greta Gerwig and, and Alma Harrell deserve to be in the best director category. Yeah. Uh, fantastic man direction. Good. Yeah, like uh, it's fucking ridiculous. Um, yeah. Oh my god, I'm seeing it so mad. Anyways, uh, Dolomite is my name. Great, uh, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Come back. It, it's on Netflix. Watch it whenever you can. It's a total crowd pleaser. You'll feel better about movies, art, the world, watching it. Um, just a great feel-good film about like the trials and tribulations of filmmaking mm -hmm. from uh, yeah. at, from being seen on screen. Mm -hmm. Really, really touching stuff. Last Black Man in San Francisco. Yeah. Maybe the most beautifully shot film mm -hmm. of the year. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, it was phenomenal. For such a lower budget film, like can't believe they got all that. Yeah, it, it's just outstanding. It really shows what you can do, like when you have like a vision mm -hmm. and uh, a great creative team to help, like bring it all to life together. Uh, really, really, just beautiful film and all around that everyone check out. Uh, you brought this up before, Gene. Ready or not? Yeah, I love Ready or Not. T take it home. Let this be the last one we talk about. Yeah, it's a good, like uh, it's a great film about fuck the rich, eat them, or just like. 
they just uh, all the rich people just get like killed by the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I guess spoilers for all these movies too. Yeah, um, um, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's a great uh, horror film. It's uh, really uh, plays with this premise really well. Um, I love Sir, uh, Samara Weaving. She's yeah, that's great. it. Yeah, she was. Uh, yeah, she's great. And then she's like in GI Joe. She's uh, Scarlet. I don't know. No one likes. I keep telling people like, oh, they're gonna do a Snake Eyes movie, and no one's like, oh yeah. But like I don't know, I kind of like, I like GI Joe. I don't, I don't care. Like it was like it's like the cooler Transformers. No, I don't care about any of them though. That's my problem. Okay. So that's that's a me thing. It's not, okay. it's not you. It's me. Oh, you're gonna say it's like Purple Cherry? <laughs> well, it is. Yeah. That's why. I guess so. Transformers and GI Joe are just propaganda. Just like toys. <laughs> they were great toys. There's nothing wrong with enjoying them. I'm just saying, I like Michael Bay stuff, and his yeah. stuff is like ardently pro military propaganda. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, three from. Um, sorry, uh, Ready or Not. Great. Yeah, you watch it now. It's on Redbox or something. Yeah, uh, shot for like five million, six million yeah, dollar budget. Yeah. It looks amazing. A lot of natural candlelight stuff mm. in this big mansion that looks like this is gonna be a pull. So, so bear with me. It looks like fucking um, Barry Lyndon. Yeah. Oh, honestly, yeah. Yeah. like that's the same aesthetic, but like in a pulpy genre movie. Um, Samara Weaving, yeah, totally kills it, and that's um, yeah, that that that's the show. Yeah. For today, Gene, thanks so much for joining me on this very special February episode mm-hmm. where we talk about underrated movies 2019 and Birds of Prey, which again we do recommend. Uh, so, where can you recommend that people find you? Uh, Gene9892 on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me at twitter.com slash the Diego Crespo. Check out the Waffle Press on YouTube, SoundCloud, Patreon, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. I think I said that twice already, but that's okay. We're wrapping up here. Um, that was the last year in movies, and now we're moving into the exciting new future of retrospectives for Happy Amblin, Spielberg, Sandler, West Side Story at the end of the year. Uh, we have been professionally unprofessional. <laughs>